0: I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Welcome to Leadership. And today we are talking to Aaron Johnson. And you're probably like, who is this and why do I care? I don't know who that is. She's a hiring manager, y'all, and we all want to know what's in the head of a hiring manager. And She's not just any hiring manager. She is working for a company that I feel like really cares about people, whether it's the people they hire or the people they serve. They are in the people business. So, Aaron, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, well, thanks uh, for having me. I'm super pumped to be here and talk to everybody um yeah so I'm Erin I am a wife uh to Blake for almost 10 years now and a mom uh to Bryce and Elizabeth uh Bryce is six and Elizabeth is three so we are just in the uh, thick of all of this with them it's fun um but I also have the honor and privilege of working at Gravy and uh I help lead the people and culture initiative here
0: Oh man. So tell me a little bit more about what gravy does. Cause I think gravy does something significant that a lot of businesses need actually.
1: Yeah. So gravy is uh, powered by a team of people who are passionate about helping businesses uh, succeed by helping them solve this major problem of client retention. And we do that through p- uh, failed payment recovery. So we partner with our clients and help them uh, get that money back that are just falling out the back end of their business.
0: I think that's so cool. Now, Erin and I actually met in Irvine, California. Her Mm -hmm. boss did this amazing speech at a conference that uh, I attended for the platform that I use that actually hosts my online courses. And I was there with a friend of mine and she ended up making it out of the room faster than I did, made a beeline for Mm -hmm. Casey, your boss. Mm -hmm. And she starts talking to him and all of a sudden we realize, so we're in Irvine, California, but we're all from coming Georgia, which is right. so funny. It was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. And we're talking about what streets we live on. And Aaron actually knows a friend of mine. It was so yes. funny was like <laughs> what in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I love that you guys are just down the street. And um, I ended up picking up a shirt that you guys had and it's, yeah, really- I got it on today. <laughs> so comfy. I love, I don't know where you guys get those shirts. But they're so comfy, but I'm sure people don't even care about that. They're more interested in and What is it that you believe hiring managers are looking for? Because one of the things that Casey has prided you on is he said, Mm -hmm. you find rock stars. And I saw Dave Ramsey speak several years ago, and he said something really great, which was, you need to, when you interview, you need to make sure that you're weeding out the donkeys from the, I think you called them like stallions or something like right. that. And um, so what are you, per, what are you looking for when you're looking for hiring anyone really?
1: Yeah, we actually use a similar, t- we say bozos, we, we weed out the bozos. Um, but yeah, so we're at Gravy, we look for a culture fit. And I know that's broad and culture fit means many things uh, to many different people. But for us, um, that means a common enthusiasm about our mission, our purpose, our values, um, that there's a team approach, that there's a mutual understanding of just how we operate and how we make decisions. Um, I think the success in that or how we you know, really find that in the process is because our hiring process, which we call the gauntlet, um, it's it's super defined. So each step in the process is based around a core value. So we know that step one is based around core value one. We know that you know, that's the objective. That's what we're looking for to see if there's an alignment with that core value. Each one of our team members is assigned questions based on that. So they know where they're coming into the interview looking for. Of course, we're assessing skills and making sure that you know, they can get the job done. But is there an alignment there where we can work together, we can collaborate? Um, and a lot of that comes through those conversations around the core values.
0: I love that because everything you just said really had nothing to do with years of experience, those hard skills, because I know you know this as well. I've worked for companies where Mm -hmm. I had this great salary and and they said all the right things in the interview. And then Mm -hmm. I got in there and I was like, these are not my people. Right. (laughs) And that is so depressing, you know, whereas if it's the other way around, And you're surrounded by people that energize you and get you excited. And I always like to say that I like to be the dumbest person in the room because I learn so much more. That's right. And those are amazing people, but those people, my people might be different than your people. And what I think is really important for what you said here is it's not all about skills. It's not Mm -hmm. all about, you know, okay, well, you know, I'm just using random example, Excel you know, you know, these basic CRMs. To me, those are point and click guides that anyone can learn. Right. What, what you're hiring on is really those soft skills, like the passion, the hunger, uh, and, and do they really fit with what you're, you know, what you guys do? Yeah. Um, so I really want to ask you this because this is the burning question that all of my students spend so much time on. And I tell them, that it's not where they need to be spending their time. And I'm just curious if I'm right here. Um, Is a resume important in the hiring process?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, resumes are not the most important part of the process to us. Um, Yes, they give us a glimpse into this person's work history um, and what they've done, what they've accomplished. But they don't give us the full understanding of who this person is. Um, That's why the interview process is so important. Um, We really dig into who the candidate is, what motivates them, and how they would work with, with the team. Um, the alignment is, is the most important part.
0: I love that. And I, I just think it's so true. You know, a resume, what I always say is a resume gets your foot in the door. But right. when you talk, when you open your mouth, that's what gets you the job. Yes, um, Or not, you know, depending yes. if it's yes. not a good fit. Um, yes. So I have to ask, have you ever hired the wrong person for the job? And if so, what did you do?
1: Yeah, um, of course, you know, everyone makes, makes mistakes, um, but we believe in second chances. And we like to have, you know, the conversations with that person and try to repair the situation with feedback and coaching. And through that, that we typically give a date, right? So we have to decide, here's, here's the plan that we're going to put into place, but, you know, here's a date that we'd like to see improvements. And we reevaluate around that date. Um, and then from there, we decide how we're going to proceed based on the, you know, progress of the employee a few times it has ended in the exit of the company, but ultimately we did give them the opportunity to remedy, remedy the situation with, with that progress plan.
0: And I bet, and this is speaking from when I used to hire people, mm-hmm. you look at that and say, what do we need to change so that that doesn't happen again, right? Like, what do we need to ask a different question? Do we need to offer something differently? How do we weed that out before we waste their time and hours in something that really doesn't fit?
1: Yeah, and I think that's why we've been so successful in our hiring because we've been unsuccessful in the past. Just what you're saying, we've learned what not to do more than what to do. So the pain of all that those bad hires has created a process um, to avoid. Um, That's Casey and I, the owner of Gravy, my boss. uh, He actually was just saying that earlier today, and I couldn't agree with him more. It's um, it's just the the learnings that come from those unsuccessful hires and just putting that plan into place.
0: Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And I, you put out this amazing post on LinkedIn. <laughs> I think everybody should follow you on LinkedIn just in oh. general. Um, again, she's Erin Johnson, E-R-I-N spelled like the woman, not the man. <laughs> A lot of people get that spelling wrong. Uh, yeah. My middle name is Frances and people always want to spell it I-S and that's the male spelling. So I feel you're playing a little bit there, um, but okay. I would it be okay if I read some of your posts? I just really loved this. Um, so her boss, by the way, puts out these amazing posts and you can go out and look at gravy um, online. They, they just, they care deeply about their customers, whether you are actually one of their customers or not, they care deeply about customer service. And so some of their Blog posts and things like that will give you some great representations of just what great customer service should look like and what you should have in your business, which I just think is amazing. Um, but they're big about culture fit, like we've already said. So um, a few days ago, Erin put out this post and I was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to talk. So I've got, I just thought this is perfect. <laughs> um, so she said being a culture fit means hiring people you would want to go have a beer with, right? Maybe. Maybe. Wrong. You are looking for a culture fit, of course, but it may not mean what you think it means, or even if it may, uh, may have traditionally meant. What, uh, so what does it mean? It means that if we at Gravy are going to be different, we have to hire differently. Specifically, this does mean we share enthusiasm about the mission, which you'd already mentioned, a common approach to working together or individually, a mutual understanding of how to take interviews and make decisions. This does not mean we share a common educational, cultural or career background. Take a, you look like me, act like me, or think like me approach. Uh, you have similar enjoyment of recreational activities. Oh my goodness. That made me laugh because I've hired people like that. Like, Oh, we're, we would be fun. Let's go. Yeah. Let's if you want to, uh, let's see, if you want to know what culture looks like, I can outline certain characteristics all day. But if we are a company that is built on people solu- solution, look no further than our people to grasp our culture. And then she mentions Casey Graham is the owner of the company. Um, Britton Clark is somebody else that, that I follow regularly because mm-hmm. I love what he puts out and Derek Thomas and Tara Horstmeyer, is that how you say your name? Uh, yeah. And then Millie Scott. Uh, And maybe you'll also want to have a beer with them too. How about you? Are you hiring to have new hires fit in or hiring to have them stand out? I loved that. (laughs) I was like, where was she like 10 years ago when I was hiring people to go have a beer with them (laughs) not for the right reasons. Um, I ended up hiring a team of people where everybody was different. Mm -hmm. We all were all over the place with experience with where we were from, uh, some people were from other countries, we were, you know, all sorts of nationalities and all of that, and it ended up being the best team, because mm-hmm. everybody had the a, a spot on it that really fit well, like, oh, they're really good at this, yeah. and so there were no stars, I'm doing mm-hmm. air quotes, because that can be dangerous to have stars, right. uh, and we really all helped each other, and that was mm-hmm. really awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, it's like so the specialist over generalist mentality. Yes, of, yeah, yes,
0: exactly. Now, how did you get into gravy?
1: Yeah. Um, so I um, was actually in the medical field uh, for a long time, worked as a pediatric nurse um, and then just kind of got burnt out, was looking for my next opportunity. And a good friend of mine like, Oh, I know this guy named Casey. He's looking for an assistant. And I was like, Oh, great. So, um, started out working with Casey six years ago, um, as his assistant at the rocket company, which is the company he owned before gravy. And, um, yeah, worked my way through that company, uh, had multiple roles, um, was over a department at one point, and then they sold Gravy, things, or excuse me, sold the Rocket Company, and so things looked a little bit different there. Um, went over to another company and did marketing for a while, but always stayed in contact with uh, Renee and Casey, the co-founders of Gravy, and once they could bring me on full-time, um, I just jumped at the opportunity. I knew that I would be challenged in the position, challenged with, um, with the company and the organization, and um, just the way that they lead, uh, they want everyone to be the best versions of themselves, and they look at everyone like human beings and not like a number on the on, on the org chart, um, which you can feel you feel super valued there. So I definitely jumped at the opportunity.
0: That is so exciting, and no wonder you're great at customer service and relationships as a nurse. <laughs> you're the one that does all the relationship building and mm-hmm. rapport. And I think of when I had my children and how much those nurses mattered, you know, because they're the people you see. You see the doctor for like five seconds and the right. really makes the difference. And um, so that makes perfect sense to me that you're now... In a role, and and also drawn to Casey, who clearly cares very deeply. I loved some of the things that he put out when there were there was the whole loan process that was going on, mm-hmm. um, how to get your loans and all of that. I, I wasn't in one of the categories where I needed that loan, but I thought, what a great thing to share with people, you know, mm-hmm. just from a small business perspective. How do you get those loans? What should you push on and change and all of that? And and you know what I'll, else I love is that. I love how he productively complains. And what I mean by that is he'll tell you something that's broken, but then he talks about either how gravy is striving to fix it or how he personally is fixing it or what his thoughts are on it. And then kind of opens it up to what do you think? Is this really a good thought or whatever? So it can be a little controversial, but I love that he's not just throwing, you know, empty things out there. Like, I don't like this process. Who could fix this, you know? It's, yeah, it's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and that's one of the core values of, of gravy. We um, confront with care. We bring the problems to the table, but we know that the solution's in mind. Um, if you, you know, and this goes for any team, like that's just some advice just for a good candidate is if you see problems, you know, tell us, bring solutions, but if you're just going to be throwing around problems with no solutions and just complaining, you're probably not going to make it, um, on, on any team, um, especially gravy. So, uh, that's just a great, I'm glad that he represents that. And it's, it's just true to us, to the whole team.
0: I'm a huge fan of see it, solve it. Yeah. Um, there's a million seers and only a few solvers. Right. It's amazing when you're like, well, what, what would you recommend? And people are like, Oh no, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm busy. Um, And that I feel like is so important in any organization. And, and then when you're a part of the solution, you feel more married to the company because you listen to the solution. And, and Mm -hmm. I also feel like when you share those things, when you productively complain, I call it that because I feel like it's productive because one, you're giving your thoughts and Mm -hmm. the background and context, you're Mm -hmm. giving a solution. But then when you share it with other people, and it's not something that's just like in a bottle or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's you get the opportunity to have people poke holes in it, which is where great ideas really come from.
1: Absolutely. And that that's what makes a great leader is empowering your team to feel comfortable to come to you with those things. Like, Mm -hmm. just because it's the way we've done it forever doesn't mean that's how we're going to continue to do it or how we're going to continue to scale so having a a leader in place that's empowering their team to poke holes in the process bring up new ways of doing things um, it could land on the on the next big idea I love
0: that so how can candidates best prepare for a leadership role
1: yeah, that's a really good question. Um, for me and Gravy, really, it's communication skills are key, um, especially in a work environment that's remote. So Gravy is a mostly remote company. We have a base of people here in the Atlanta area. But um, the ability to communicate effectively and clearly to your team is hugely important in the success of any, any leadership role. Um I would also say that building a relationship with your team um, so they know that they can trust you when it comes to decision making um, the best leaders that I've had personally worked for um, I've trusted because they were transparent with their decision making they made sure everyone was on the same um, page and um, another value is just treating people like humans um, so so often it's just you're another team member or you know but I want my team to know that I see them as person, they have a family, they have friends, they have stuff outside of work. Um, So being valued and seen as a human being is is a huge success, in my opinion, as a a skill to have as a leader.
0: I love that. I love that. There's so much about communication. I feel like communication is the love language of the workforce. And if you don't, communicate in the right dialect because some people prefer emails. You know, I used to work for an organization where we got sued a lot. Um, <laughs> not, because, not because we were doing anything wrong, but uh. because we were, I was, it was an insurance company. So sure. it, that's what happens. And so it's incredibly important to have everything in email. And so I was the queen. Um, somebody walks in my office and tells me something and I'm like, go send me an email about it. Um, but then other companies, it's it's more about, let's pick up the phone, you know, and have that conversation um, mm-hmm. instead of the audit trail that I was always trying to keep. Um, but uh, I'm really glad I'm not doing that anymore. That, that was not fun. That was not a fun job. I, I basically, when people came to talk to me, it was always about what was going wrong. Um, yeah. And that was not fun. So <laughs> I, I love that. And, you know, one of the things that I also tell My students is the power of a thank you note. And yes, one of my favorite things that Casey actually mentioned in that Irvine conference, uh, he handed out uh, blank pieces of paper to everyone with um, with an envelope. Cam, if you are listening, I'm not going to mention your last name, but you received my thank you note, um, and because Casey told me he was going to mail it, it got spilled with water, so it looked like somebody ate it. I was like, I'm so sorry, um, but anyway, uh, it was such a powerful exercise. He actually said, "When was the last time you thanked your customers? I want you to think of a customer, you know, that you've worked with a client recently, like ten years ago, didn't matter, and write him a thank you note." He turned on this music, and it was like. Oh, it was like the type of music that makes you want to cry. So it was like, we're all in this spade, this headspace of like gratitude and happiness. And it was so great. I just thought that was such a great exercise. And I pride myself on making sure in the interview process that people are doing those as well, because a handwritten thank you note is not something you see every day. Um, Is that, do you still not get people writing thank you notes or...
1: I mean um as far as like the interview process from candidates. Yeah. No, that's it does not happen often. Um we have had a handful of people do that in in the gravy's three years old, so we probably had a handful in three years. We get a lot of email thank yous that are, you know, just thanks for your time and look forward to talking to you again. But um my favorite and most memorable are those thank the handwritten thank you notes. Um, specifically, I remember one candidate wrote, and she told me what she learned um, in the process, which was fantastic feedback. Um, so she wrote specifically about the interview that we had together, what she learned about the company, what she learned about the role, and then what she took away from that um, to apply, which was just so. I I loved that, um, just learning from her of what kind of we could do better in the process. Um, And what she took away from it. So it was just value for both of us, which I appreciated so much.
0: I love that. And it's so personal. I think in the world that we live in, it's so easy to hide behind your computer and have this template where you're going to send out this exact thing to every single person. Mm -hmm. And that's fine for scaling. You know, if you're going to, you know, maybe interview with a hundred thousand companies or something, which sounds incredibly horrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, That sounds really draining. Uh, but if you really want to build that relationship and that rapport, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that's how you do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I remember her and she came through the interview process again and she, you know, made it a little further that time. And, um, you know, I kept encouraging her to come back because she was the right fit, just not for that time.
0: Isn't that funny? Cause I feel like that happens too, where maybe not the right role. You know, or, or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I know when I was in the corporate world, I had employees that I could tell were amazing people mm-hmm. and had great skills and they were in the wrong role. It was, yes, you would be better at this. And then they would, if it was possible, because I was always looking for that in my team. I I had a rule that I really didn't like people on my team for more than two years. Mm. Because if you were there for more than two years, you weren't growing anymore, because two years is really like the growth spot. And then it was, where do you want to go? And I was a little unpopular with the corporate people because I said, do you want to move up in the organization or do you want to move out? And Mm. I would help them either way. Mm. Um, Hence why I don't do that anymore. But it was fun when I saw people in the right spots. Yes. Um, really growing. So I love what you're saying when you're saying it's not that there was something wrong with her, it was that that role wasn't quite w- right for her. So, exactly.
1: yeah, that's so true. And, you know, at Gravy specifically, we are not defined by our job descriptions or the profile that we're brought on. Um, you know, if we feel like you're the right fit, we are very upfront saying, you know, this is where you're going to start, but this is where I see you, and that's where that whole career path starts. And there's just an open dialogue like, if there's an agreement, a mutual agreement with the person being hired and, and us, just saying, Okay, this is where you're going to start, this is where I see you, this is how I'm going to help you get there. You know, what do you need from me? Giving them the resources to learn and to grow because we see that in them, right? Um, they may not be on the right seat of the bus in the beginning, but. They will eventually. Um, so to having that opportunity and that career path is, is huge. Just knowing you're not defined by a job description or a job profile.
0: Yes. And, you know, it's so funny because I've worked with almost 500 clients. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I will tell you that 99.9% of them have said, I don't want to be fixed in one role. Like, I really like doing a lot of different things. I like a busy day that's full of variety. And they think that that's like novel and that other people don't feel that way. And Mm -hmm. I personally believe as human beings, we are not designed to work on an assembly line where we just put one, you know, tire on every single day for 30 years. Of course, that's going to like kill someone, right? Mm -hmm. And so I love that you're saying, here's the plan that we have for you. Mm-hmm. knowing that, that to me shows somebody first, I've got a lot to learn, but then mm-hmm. there are other opportunities there. I don't have to keep asking you, okay, is it time? Is it time? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you promote people? Um, you know, because I've had people and I'm sure you have to, that have come on board. They're mm-hmm. great. And then three months in, they're like, when's my raise?" And I'm right. like, mm, yeah, not quite
1: yet. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. yeah um we uh have a review process that we do every 90 days which shows um culture fit alignment so we go against core values we tell them you know how they are aligned where they can improve where we see them doing great things how they can keep up and then we talk about their metrics if they've been hitting their metrics you know where we can see improvement um, and then we go into what we see for them in the future. This just, again, gives clear lines on how they're going to get to where they want to go. And then we listen to their feedback too of maybe that's not the path that they want. Maybe they really love something else. So how can we make that work? Um, So it's a lot of conversations We know when positions are about to open up, we always give that to the team first. And that could be a promotion for some, it could be a lateral lateral move for others. Um, So anytime there's an open role, we give it to the team first, let people apply. They still go through the same type of interview process, but a lot of people get promoted that way um, through just opportunities that we see where leadership is needed.
0: I love that. And another thing that I hear a lot is, there's this misnomer that only millennials care about feedback. But Mm -hmm. I will tell you, my client base is mainly like 48-year-olds up to like Mm 65-year-olds. They want feedback too. Everybody wants feedback. Absolutely. And I think it's more commonplace to be able to ask for that now. Mm -hmm. Many years ago, when maybe some of these people that are 65 were in, you know, first starting out, Mm-hmm. You didn't ask for feedback, right? You, you didn't do that. So I really think that that's really the difference is that uh, millennials are more comfortable asking for it, mm-hmm. but we all want it. Uh, and so I love that 90 day process mm-hmm. and I love, and I'm sure just like you said, you're having lots of conversations. You're not waiting those 90 days to have some like conversation about, well, you know, 60 days ago, I didn't really like that you did this. Like, no.
1: Right. No, that's why meeting rhythm is so important. Um, Having one-on-ones with your manager, going over those things weekly um, is so important and having that open dialogue um, just so there isn't any surprises. Everyone knows where they stand. That kind of goes back to what makes a good leader is just the clarity around metrics and knowing where you stand at all times. Um, Having something to be measured against is really important.
0: I couldn't agree more. I feel like you know, when you know, it's not even to me, dollars and cents always. It's right. really what your manager deems success. Sure. Because if they don't, if, if you could say, well, I saved us a million dollars. And, you know, I'm going to use Casey as an example, because you saved the company a million dollars, but maybe you pissed off like a hundred people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I could see him being like, that doesn't really fit our core values. Like, thank you for saving the money. But now we're actually going to have to spend more money to retain people and bring them back. And so that's really not what we're all about.
1: No, that's, that's right. We call them curiosity conversations. So using that example that you just had, if they're like, Oh, I just saved a million dollars. Well, it's like, well, I was just, you know, wondering wh- why did we, why did you do it that way? What was your thought process in that trying to really understand the why behind it? Cause that just, it opens up so much instead of just being quick to judge um, just being curious on their thought process and the why, because then you can take that person from that into leading them into your way of thinking or why you're you don't agree. I don't know if that makes sense,
0: I love that. I I heard something on Brene Brown's podcast. I'm mm-hmm. loving her podcast. It's so yeah.
1: so good. I I'm, I follow it too. <laughs> uh,
0: she did one, and this was like one of the first ones that she did, um, which was like what I was hanging clinging to when quarantine started. Because I'm like. <laughs> I need some variety. I need something. Um, but she said, I think it was one of the people that she was talking to that everything that anyone does is done out of love. Mm. And if you can think about that first, which it's easy in some cases and she uses political as an example where it's really hard when you think of political things, which I don't want to get into here, but, uh, how, Well, I'm on one side of the fence and the people that are on the other are doing that for like horrible reasons, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think in the workplace though, that can happen too, where you're like, oh, they're power hungry or they're rude to this person because they're trying to step on them to get a promotion. And honestly, that's probably not what was happening. So Mm -hmm. having that curiosity conversation is so smart to say, what's really behind this? Because Mm -hmm. I know in my head, I've had, Thoughts of, well, maybe that's what was going on. And then come to find out that's not at all what was going on. Um, right. so that's a really smart way to get the right information and not scare people as well. Because if you handle that conversation the wrong way, then you actually kill curiosity.
1: Exactly. That's, exactly. Oh gosh, that's so true. And it just creates such a healthy culture, um, in my opinion. Um, and you're going directly to that person instead of going to the person sitting next to you, but can you believe so and so? just, you know, did this or did that. It's like, no, you're going to go directly to that person. You're going to have this curiosity conversation because then it just squashes any stories you're telling yourselves or the stories that are being made up around. It's like, you know the facts.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, Where I used to work, uh, right when I was leaving, this girl came into my office and she said, I want to apologize to you. And she had been an employee of mine maybe three or four years previous. Mm -hmm. And I was like, for what? I had no idea that there was anything that needed to be apologized for. And she said, uh, I thought this whole time that you wanted me off your team and that you didn't like me. And I didn't realize that behind the scenes you were talking to her current boss and getting me promoted And that you were, you were moving me into what was such a better fit for her, by the way. And she was like, I just wanted to apologize for ever thinking that. And I thought, you know, that's so funny because that's all I ever wanted was for somebody to be in a position where they grew and they loved what they did. And that was the goal, you know? And so it's a perfect example of not knowing when somebody's leading with love versus, you know, like malintent or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so glad she cleared the air because that was such a great moment. Um, yeah. but, uh, it was so crazy. Well, do you have any other advice on hiring, training, promoting any of that?
1: Yeah. Um, well, one would be just treating all candidates, team members like humans. Um, that's just, you know, treating them like they're your very first hire. They're the very first you know person on the team, your customers, you're treating them like they're the first customer that's walked through the door. Um, having a team that feels valued and loved um, that is what 's going to make a successful team. Uh, they're all going to be linked arms following you in the in the right direction as far as hiring process, I think a big learning for us was having a defined process. Um, we knew the outcomes for each one of those interviews um, having those planned ahead of time is Uh, so important and the candidate feels that too they feel like they're going through a well organized um, process and they know that they're going to have a great onboarding experience because they had a great hiring experience so having a well-defined process um, is so important knowing what the objectives are for each interview so that way you are hiring towards the right things i
0: love that i that's so true and and i know um something that i keep seeing over and over again is um, employee, or I should say candidates, interview candidates getting ghosted. Oh, yes. Uh, and that's the worst. And I, I know that gravy would never ghost people. I know you're, you just own up to the hard conversation of this isn't going to work, or mm-hmm. you know this has been put on hold, because I know a lot of things have been put on hold. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing worse, because I've been on the phone with people who have cried to me about mm-hmm. being ghosted. Because they think it's all, what did I do wrong? What did I say? And nine times out of 10, it had nothing to do with them. It was the company just decided to freeze positions or whatever else. And I remember this one lady, I mean, she just bawled to me about, I ruined it. And she goes down this rabbit hole of what she said in the interview. And I'm thinking, this is perfect. This is what we've worked on. And everything you said is gold, you know? Mm -hmm. So she gets off the phone with me and she got a call and they had hired her. <laughs> and so it was like, just give it a minute. Patience is a virtue. And she just felt like they had ghosted her. And I was like, we do, I think it's like our most vulnerable moment when we're interviewing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's almost like grade school where you're like, will you play with me?
1: Will you be my exactly. friend? Yes.
0: And that's so hard. And sometimes it's like, that's not your crowd you know, and, and knowing that can be, can be really hard, but mm-hmm. um, this was awesome. This was so helpful and so great. And in I the show, it. notes, I'm going to link up uh, about gravy. Cause you guys just have great information for anyone. If you want just some feel good stuff, mm-hmm. you can follow anyone that works for gravy. Um, get on the gravy train. Gosh, that's like right. the worst <laughs> analogy. Terrible thing. I know
1: that's, that's, we love it.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I think that you guys are great. And I know that you, uh, constantly are hiring new people because you're growing,
1: yeah. um,
0: and I also know that you have like a million people in line, like you have a waiting <laughs> stop the door. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think it's great. The thing about what you guys do, and the, one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you is because I ask for people to say, "What is it that you want?" Mm Because a lot of us haven't really thought about that when we look at a job. We know that we don't want a micromanager boss, right? Right. We know we want somebody that'll let us work when we want to at home. But then it's like, after that, people are like, I don't know. I don't know what Mm -hmm. I want. Mm -hmm. And so I was really excited to have this conversation with you so that people have an example to follow and to aspire to Um, because a lot of my clients and a lot of the people that listen to this are not, you know, local. Like you said, your company is, is Mm -hmm. not really as well. They're, they're very, they're virtual, but I think all of us just need something to believe in, you know, that Mm -hmm. good companies exist with great values and great communication and leadership and all these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, if you are listening to this and you're like, I would never work for this company, I still encourage you to follow them just because of their principles. And I'm one of those people that I believe, you know, all boats rise together. And so when you put great things out there, it makes all of us kind of rise and say, oh, "Oh, that's the kind of leader I could be. And maybe you've never seen it before. Um, So I would recommend following everyone. And I will put, um, your instagram handle as well if you're okay with that in the yeah, show absolutely. and um also the company website and and casey as well on linkedin he's mainly on linkedin his yes. posts are pure <laughs> gold and um just reading those you get a little bit of an education and, and a jolt it's like a a little shot of a five-hour energy that's right um, I like that in person too um, yeah. but this
1: was wonderful thank you so thank much you. yeah no, this is fantastic thank you
0: Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.